before we get into the next segment, I kind of want to talk about what you're doing. I mean, obviously, like for listening, you're providing a lot of the leadership, a lot of the guidance. But are you still like coding um, or is, are you more just like high level operational right now? Um, it's both, man. It's both. Um, I, you know, I think we're trying to get to a point where it doesn't have to be because it's, it's tough to kind of like juggle different responsibilities in that way when um, other priorities come up. But half my time now is kind of focused on the tech side, that CTO hat with like development, with tech architecture, with managing our dev team. Um, and that's a lot of fun, man. Coming from a guy that's never worked a full-time software development gig, like I'm, <laughs> I don't know how the hell this application even opens, to be honest. But it's been a lot of just figuring it out as we go. And it's awesome to see how much better you can get at something just by putting in the time, right? Like, um, right. Those, those late nights uh, of coding, of trying to figure shit out, of like watching tutorials, of like trial and error, like through time, you get so much faster, so much more efficient and just see problems from a different perspective. So I appreciate that. And I'm, I'm happy that it is a part of what I get to do. And I hope that it always to a degree will be. Um, but the other side of it, like you said, is more like the technically the CEO of the company. So where we are now, one of the biggest priorities is, you know, raising some money and, and, and securing some partnerships in that sense. So mm. that's what the other half of my, um, life at listen entails and I love that stuff too right like I I love present presentations I love selling yeah. I love talking about the idea and, and and sharing it with the world and so um it's a ton of fun we had our first like actual pitch to a VC here in Vancouver last week um Dope. it was yeah it was it was actually really cool because just like the way it all lined up was so random man I was working with someone through Shopify to help them launch uh this the sneaker lifestyle brand called size in Canada they liked this post on Inst on uh, on LinkedIn that popped up on my feed saying, "Yo, this West Coast uh, venture capital firm just raised a hundred million dollars to invest in startups on the West Coast." And I, I DM'd him. I'm like, "Man, could you? I saw you like this. Like, could you make an introduction?" Yeah. And uh, he did. He like he facilitated the introduction. He asked what it was all about. Got a little blurb from me, but then introduced us to the founder of the firm. Introduced us to a couple investors. In a couple Damn. days, they like set time with us to like listen to our full pitch, and then. Um, now they're going to talk to the partners and, and coming back to us. I, I'm sure that's going to be a long path regardless. But just the fact that like when you set time aside to like engage in these activities and like actually like lean into your network and ask them for assistance or, um, you know, just just see what's out there. A lot of things pop up. And uh, I think that's the stage we're at. Like I'm also thinking about doing this full time now, which means that it opens up a lot more for um just productivity over the course of the week. So I'm excited about what that's going to ultimately result in. But it's uh, it's cool, man. And the next couple months, I have no idea what it's going to entail because you go from like a nine to five plus a startup to just the startup full time. But it, yeah. if anything, it's just it's just going to be a ton of fun, I'm sure. That's dope, man. I mean, two things. Number one, I love that you're doing selling and presenting. Zamir is like one of the best presenters I've ever met. Bro, this guy takes every presentation seriously, even explaining the rules to a board game most times it's like we're like bro let's just get into the game bro like zamir will go into every single detail every caveat to every single rule um but i'm glad that those skills are paying off for you now that you're you're pitching listen to investors <laughs> um, Thanks, man. and Thanks, then man. second thing is you always got to shoot your shot you know you got to shoot your shot this guy saw a liked post on instagram shot a shot pitching to a millions of dollars to a, a vc firm so I mean, hopefully that works out. But two things there, presentations in mirror is a killer. And number two, always uh, always shoot your shot. And number three, let's play board games together. That's number three, Look, you know? Okay. Well, always. come to Toronto and we'll make it happen. <laughs> Be right there.
All right, moving along uh, in this conversation, Samir, this has been dope. Uh, you've come on, you've dropped knowledge. Uh, we've talked a lot about listen, very specific idea that coming that you're working on now. Uh, but what I want to do now is take a step back and just talk about ideas in general and get back to kind of this theme of being smart enough. Um, and starting with your own journey from CUSA uh, to the program you studied in university and then moving along to, to Shopify. Um, I've always wanted this about you. Like when you're doing all those different things in the moment, are you thinking like, damn, like I'm on top of the world type of thing. Like I'm just, you know, I'm figuring all this stuff out. Like I'm juggling so many things and ultimately like leading to success after success. Or do you also have those moments where you're like, I don't know if I'm cut out for this. I don't know if this is like where I should be at the moment. And um, I feel like there's so much more that I could be doing. Or maybe it's like a combination of both, obviously, but I kind of just want to hear from you um, how you see yourself in those moments and also what some of those times are like for you when you're going from thing to thing or career move to career move. Mm. You know, this. I think like some of this is encapsulated by that concept of imposter syndrome, but I'll be honest, like I don't necessarily even believe in that. And what I mean mm. by that is just like you hear it said so much that you kind of just got to assume everyone feels this way, right? Like this isn't a this mm-hmm. isn't a particular experience to you or whatever else. This is just part of the journey. Like you're going to have times where you're not necessarily 100% confident in the actions you're taking or the direction you're going. And that's not any fault of yours. That's just that you're now in this like uncomfortable space where the best thing you could do is just try to figure it out. Like what's your strategy here, right? Like what is your approach? And so I'm definitely going through like whether it be like some of the struggles that we went through with CUSA and trying to figure out how to navigate that. Um, The first thought isn't usually like, oh, dude, I suck and like shouldn't be here. It's more (laughs) like, okay, like this is a problem in front of us. Like how how are we going to go about figuring this one out? And that usually comes. I love getting advice from mentors, from people that have been there before, from people that have auxiliary experience that is relatable. Um, because all of that goes into like your decision making framework when trying to figure out how to, to surpass something like that. Right. So. I think Mm. there's that piece. Um, I think like the other side of it is something I could probably get better at myself. Like I don't think I'm mindful enough in terms of just like appreciating where you are and that has pros and cons, right? Like I think the, the con is that like you don't get to really just like experience every aspect of that, that, that moment in life that you're truly in, right? Like the, the highs of it, the lows of it, all this other stuff, you're constantly looking a little bit forward. Um, but the pro of it is like, knowing that there is like this isn't it like there's a next step there's like a next step there's this is going to grow there's going to be more to it there's more to life always um keeps you optimistic keeps you happy like and i think like finding the balance between those two things is very important but um whenever i am in one of these like uh, experiences whether that be professional whether that be like educational um that's kind of the mindset i try to bring to the table is that you know what like just do the best you can right now and the, the harder you work, you know, the, the more you're able to figure it out, then the, the more doors open for you in that next step. And then you get a, a larger ability to, to grow as a person and, and more experiences to, um, you know, benefit from and, and to just have around. So that's typically what comes to mind when I, when I think about some of that stuff. Yeah, I think that's something we can all relate to. Like, I think that's something that personally I struggle with, but I think a lot of people struggle with as well is that idea of in that moment when you are taking on a new experience or this high achievement that you finally reach is taking the time to fully absorb and appreciate like 
due to a lot of my hard work, I was able to get here versus, all right, I got that under my belt. What's the next thing? Like, mm. how do I get to this level? How do I get to that level? Um, and I think a lot of it comes down to the fact that sometimes when you are driven um, and when you are ambitious, you just have a hard time appreciating once you've accomplished something. And some of it is just like, I think the, the mindset that we have right now as young people is like, you always have to be hustling. You always have to be grinding. And some people thrive off of it, like yourself, you've mentioned doing long hours and having multiple things on the go. Uh, but I think for some other people, it could just be kind of discouraging to be like, oh, I'm doing this one thing and I'm doing it really well. But, you know, this guy over here is doing four things or this person over here is doing five things. So just having that kind of appreciation of yourself and appreciation of where you've achieved, I think, goes a, a pretty long way. Um, so for you, like talking about being smart enough, obviously Shopify is like, you know, biggest thing that come out of Ottawa since I was going to say the Ottawa Senators, but the <laughs> trash. Um, um, so getting into Shopify, what was that process like for you? And now that you've been there now, I believe three years, um, what are some of the benefits that you found when it just comes to um, flexing that intelligence muscle, connecting with people and, and learning something new every day? Yeah, my Shopify journey um, has been really interesting and I mean, one I'm really grateful for, right? Like I left and I left university with a software engineering degree under my belt. Some of this experience with QSA, all that combined took me six years. And so I had a lot of time to reflect on what I wanted to do next. Um, and one of the learnings that I, I came out of that for me was that like being a full-time software developer wasn't going to scratch that itch. Um, it was really mm -hmm. one dimensional. I loved other aspects of relationship building and working on projects, bringing them to life and presenting and these things. And so I was looking for an opportunity where I could do all of this at once. And I was lucky enough that some people I knew at Shopify were posting relevant opportunities online. I, I reached out to one of them. We had lunch back when there were Shopify offices with free lunch every day. Uh, took me and I'm like, I could get used to this. I had all these plans. I'm like, oh man, I'm going to get so deez as soon as I come here, man. And <laughs> lo and behold, that didn't happen even with the two years I was in office. But regardless, um, joining Shopify, I think was when I first started, I joined in this role called developer experience, where basically our job is to make sure that all of the developers in the ecosystem that are building to extend the platform. So think of like apps or, you know, storefront themes and all this other stuff. They have the best possible experience in doing so because that just makes the platform more valuable. And really quickly, what I realized was that like, there's so much value in seeing how things can be run from a strong company, corporation like that, right? Like Shopify and you just joined. So congratulations. We're team members now. Thank you, and, sir. and I feel Thank like you. you might be feeling some of this yourself as well. But um, when there's clear direction from leadership with like strong values and like a really um, articulate plan of like what they're trying to build, who the mission is, like why are we why are we setting out to do what we're doing? There's a level of motivation that comes from that and a level of understanding that makes you really like resonate with your role. And so those aspects I've appreciated a ton and also the people that have like helped me along the way. It's been my first, I, I'm not going to forget the story, like my very first meeting with my manager, my first role at Shopify, the first thing that we, the first thing he said to me was, hey, Zamir, like, I know you're not going to be in this role forever. So I want to learn about what that ideal next step is for you so I can help you get there. And that was really like something that I think you don't realize is a manager's job or like is something you expect for a manager to come at you with because that means they're losing you on their team and all these other things and mm -hmm. it becomes like this taboo topic to approach we got it out there on day one and every like meeting thereafter it was like yo are you learning the things you want to be learning and doing the things you want to be doing and so that was like a really powerful like 
management lesson for me that I was able to like extract from that experience. And then there's so many of those over the, the, the periods of time that we were there. And looking back on it all now over the last three years, like when I talk to people that are just starting a company or they're just, you know, they're, they're beginning to build and they don't they might be by themselves. They might not have co-founders. They might not have a ton of clear direction. The whole process of building while working a nine to five at a company that's doing things right, that's doing things in a way that you want to emulate, I think is so underrated. Yes, it puts a little bit more pressure on you to like, you know, work the nine to five and then find some time to, to get the, the side hustle done on the side. But at the same time, like you don't go through just making all the possible mistakes you could be making because you're leveraging the learnings from how you're seeing things be done well. And you're then applying those to what you want to create yourself. And so it's like an unfair advantage. Like some of these things that I'm walking away from Shopify mm. with, I'm like, damn, like I would take me a very long time to figure this out myself. And so if you're like in that space, you have a couple ideas, you know, it, it also helps pay the bills while you're trying to figure out a way to make money on the side grind. Um, it's definitely a path that I think more people should consider because there's a ton of value in it for both, you know, your, your side hustle ultimately, but also for your own growth as an individual. Mm. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point, man. I mean, I remember like, um, coming out of university, like you'd always tease me, like, you know, if you want to make the move to Shopify and I chose to go the startup route, um, due to one of the reasons you touched on, maybe like even working with listen, it's like in that high growth environment, there's just so many things you can touch and so many things that you can learn, um, on the fly every single day. And that's what I was kind of looking for. And then ultimately when I chose to make the move to, to Shopify, um, after a few conversations, it was one that I made over a period of months of really thinking about it and reflecting. Um, it really is for that reason of coming into a place where things are done right, regardless of the size. Um, but you also have so many people who are invested in your personal and professional growth. So, you know, hearing the story of your manager, like something that just came to mind that I haven't really even thought of uh, during this whole you know conversation of am I smart enough? is the fact that you don't have to know everything because there are people who are looking out for you to still give you some of that knowledge that you lack yourself. So coming into a new role is a perfect example. You're coming in entry level, uh, a little bit bright eyed and um, looking for just the experience. And then someone being like, you know what, you're not gonna be here forever. What are the things that you want and how can I help you get to that place is so invaluable and so underrated. So definitely like some of the stuff that excites me the most about being four days in at, at shop, but uh, looking forward to the journey. Definitely like, man, those Shopify lunches were crazy. Mm. I kind of used you a little bit. I think mm. I used you like for four different lunches. Um, Pleasure was all mine, one time the I, company was great. Oh, dude, one time I came through, it was like, what was it, like Argentinian steak or something? Like, ridiculous. Um, yeah. And yeah, you never got D's, fam. What happened? I remember like, oh, man. right after you graduate, you would walk around with a block of cheese. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was a keto. Only, that was a keto days. Yeah, yeah, that lasted for a couple days. weeks. Damn. Um, <laughs> but you know what? Also, like it from the flip side of it, it's Shopify went fully digital forever, right? Like me, I'm not the biggest mm -hmm. fan of that idea. I'm kind of vocal about it, but it inspired me on wanting to create a place that people loved as much as I love that space, right? Like, a, it's like mm -hmm. the people you're around. Shopify hires insanely well, and I think that again is another lesson about like keeping that bar high, going to work with people that you respect because they're very like, you know, good at what they do. And that thing that they're good at is what you want to um, have them help you with at the company so that you're both in like the best position possible. But then also like you want people to enjoy the company of their coworkers, right? Like you want work to, right. so many people like <laughs> wake up and they're like, man, oh, I gotta go to work, but hey, it's okay. I got dope plans afterwards, man. 
I never have really felt that way at all while being at Shopify. And I'm just very cognizant of how lucky I am to be in that position because um, it really allows you to enjoy your entirety of your day. And I kind of use this as a chance to, you know, I was pitching you at Shop. I was pitching a bunch of other people as well. But it was really because, like, my experience was so positive. And I think, like, that also you know, um, reiterates the fact that like you're creating these champions for your brand, for the work you're doing, for the mission you're setting to serve in the world. And if you do it right, then you're going to have people want to bring other people along this journey with you. And so if we can get to a place where people are like, oh, dude, I love working at Listen and like I love what we're building and I love the perspective that we have in the world and our vision of the world is is one that I want to help, you know, um, distribute, then that's that's an amazing place to be. And I think that's one of our North Stars. And so um, getting to be on the inside of that experience really helps us figure it out a lot more when we're trying to do it ourselves. And plus now we know how to make a really dope office. You know, at one point there was like a Madden Ooh. setup, PS5, Xbox, Nintendo oh, Switch, man. one room. It was crazy. It was crazy. I uh, I had a chance to see the Toronto office one time just for a coffee chat, man. And it was ridiculous. Like rooftop patio. Oh, mm. oh man. But... Hey, offices still exist. Hopefully, we'll get a chance maybe a couple times a year to, to pop in and see what's happening there. Of course. Of course. And if not, then uh, the Listen office will always welcome you. Okay? Where? How, how long do I have to wait for that? I'm not trying to pull up to a basement, Vancouver, I'm trying to pull up to, I'm trying to, pull up hey, to a Vancouver, full thing. Vancouver commercial real estate's at a discount right now. So, give us a couple <laughs> months. Let's see what happens. You know, but you'll be the first to know, man. You'll be the first to know. Hey, that sounds dope. Um, I mean, one of the good things about digital by design is that you can work anywhere in the world and and it's kind of cool. So for you, like quickly, what's your top three list of places to work from, excluding Colombia because you're already going, but um, what are the top three? Hawaii is definitely one of them. I'm trying to surf a ton and uh, I think that's like reasonable enough in terms of time zones where we can make that happen. Um, Southeast Asia, because it's like, there's a lot of places that you can hit at once and it's like more affordable. And also like when you're doing the kind of work that I'm doing, like it's not, doesn't require me to be in the exact same time zone. So leverage that while I can, before I need to be, you know, North American based. Um, and then a third one, dude, there's a lot I haven't done in South America. So yeah, we're going to Colombia, but there's other parts. Like I've heard great things about Peru, Costa Rica, like so much of my traveling Mm -hmm. has always been like around Europe and around like North America in particular. So being able to kind of step away from that and check out different parts of the world while we have the flexibility, man, that's on the docket. So let's see how that all pans out. That's dope. Yeah, I'm definitely taking Costa Rica. Um, might actually have a chance to go late this year because I have a friend who's mm. going out there to teach some yoga. So I'm trying to see if I can make that happen. Obviously, we got, you know, we got Asia on our list and we'll see how things go with COVID. Um, Hawaii is a really good one. Um, but I would say like, I've heard good things about Guatemala, Guatemala, Honduras. So maybe I'll, I heard Guatemala has some pretty good surfing as well. I don't, I mean, you know how, you know, my swimming skills, I'm still, you know, working up my swimming skills, but. Hey, listen, when I found out that you could surf in waist deep water, I was all into it. (laughs) Like I, I also, I'm not a great swimmer. I had to take lessons at the YMCA like two and a half years ago. But uh, now it's like, you just got to, again, get those reps in. And uh, I think yeah. starting off somewhere like that would be great. So maybe we could go together. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Man. Um, so the next segment we're hopping into is story time. Personally, one of my favorite segments um, on or on each episode uh, where I just share kind of a story. It could be related. It could be unrelated. And then we just have a discussion about it. 
Uh, when I was thinking about this one, I mentioned at the beginning, like we had so many different parallels of like Colonel Bai, Carlton Cusa, all that stuff. I really wanted to zero in on Cusa. Um, and this was even before I was I was in Cusa. I was seeking candidacy for Cusa. Zamir was my campaign manager. And we might have had like two of the hardest months I've ever experienced, man. Like coming into it, um, I remember when Zamir like hit me up and was like, yo, I think you'd be good for this opportunity. Uh, we sat in your office. We had a very candid chat. And I was like, bro, one thing I can't deal with is all the hate that you guys get being on CUSA. You know, I'm like, I'm all in for the experience. Like, I'm all in for the skills you build and relationships you form. But I can't deal with the hate. And I'm honestly, credit to you, man. You were mad honest. Like, that's just something you can't control. Um, and regardless of if you like it or not, it's going to come. But I did not expect that it would come so quickly. <laughs> Um, so for some context, we're running in the election. It's like the start of the year, um, January rolls around and, you know, election period. So there's a two day nomination period where you kind of go out and you just ask people like, Hey, I'm seeking a nomination for this position. Can you give me a signature so I can run? So this is kind of the chill part of elections. Everyone's mad excited for you. Um, and further context is traditionally at Carlton, we run on slates. So you can think of it as like a political party. Um, so it's a team of six or you can run by yourself. But typically there's like two or three teams that kind of throw their name in the ring and you kind of go at it. So we go out. Obviously, I know who my entire team is. We're all collecting signatures. And first day rolls by. It's just us. We're like, oh, we don't really know what's happening, but we're just having fun. We go collect signatures. Second day morning comes by. Still just us. We're like, hey, it's kind of weird. We're kind of expecting some competition, but whatever. The whole second day goes by, end of nomination period, and it's literally like just us six as a team and then a couple of independents. So we're kind of like, this is very weird. You know, this is something that hasn't happened before, but we're still going to run this campaign. We're still going to talk to as many students as possible and, and kind of just go on with it. But there was a turning point, and I'm never going to forget this day. It was like a week and a half into the campaign. It was a weekend. Uh, we're doing like a lot of our prep, just like practicing for like some of the talks that we give and campaign points and things like that. And Zamir, I remember you call this around. You're like, hey, just so you guys know, no one panic. But this Facebook page kind of popped up. Um, it was called No Confidence. So on the ballot, what you can do is you can vote for someone. You can abstain or you can say no confidence was pretty much like none of the above. Um, had like 30 likes. This guy was like, you know, what? don't worry about it. You know. It's, it's, it's very early right now, but we're going to monitor this page and see how things kind of go. So we're like, okay, cool. Um, let's just see how it goes. We're still doing our thing, still campaigning. We're like three days away from voting day. We can literally see the finish line. Um, and then shit just starts to hit the fan, bro. <laughs> it just started to get wild, man. I, you'd be trying to talk to a student. So typically, like the week before, I was getting mad positive reactions like, greeting people with a smile, talking to them, telling them your points. People were like, yo, you have my vote, you have my vote. You would see the same person that told you that they that you had their vote the week before come up to you and be like, David, I'm not voting for you. I'm voting no confidence. You're trying to steal the election. You're doing this, you're doing that. And for me, like my entire university experience in a social sense had been like purely positive. Like being a part of Frosh, being a part of student experience office, so I'm getting slapped in the face. I'm like, yo, Zamir, I don't know what's going down. I don't know what's happening. This is like pretty insane. But it keeps going, keeps going. And then eventually we get to voting night. And I literally like have never been that nervous in my entire life. Like I campaigned so hard that I had cramps 
someone had to like carry me back to the office. Um, and we come in. Another thing I'll never forget is Zamir comes in the room uh, and then some of our other campaign staff walking behind him. They're already crying. So I'm like, okay, well, you know, we already know what's about to happen. Um, and then he just said like, uncontested candidates lost, which was like half of our team. So three people won, three people lost. Basically, we had to do it all again from the start. And there was a split second where I was like, bro, I could just have the most chill fifth year. I could just, I could just do my last year of university, work part time, graduate and get into the workforce. Um, or I can, you know, do this uphill battle once again with like these teammates that I've gotten so close with in the past couple months. But the reason I tell that story and like one reason why I always appreciate Zamir was that in terms of commitment, like campaign staff, you know, candidates, volunteers, anyone else, you were like the most committed person to that campaign. Um, and just like the sacrifice that you gave for like eventually for most of our team to get in is something I'll never forget. But damn, that shit was hard. Mm -hmm. Like it was tough, tough, tough. Um, but hey man, you held it down and I feel like a lot of the experiences that a lot of us got to have was like because you were holding shit down in the back room. So appreciate you for that. I'm kind of sad I didn't get a, a happier story to tell, but I think like ultimately looking at where life is at this point, like it ended up being a, a happy ending. Yeah, man, all's well that ends well, but damn, that was crazy. Um, I mean, command you and your team for actually going through it. Like I remember being on in your shoes too, like ran in two elections as a candidate and wasn't easy right like you're on the floor 14 hours a day on your feet and then when i realized y'all had to be on the floor again go through the entire process again i'm like damn I, I can't believe we we didn't play our cards right to, to actually make it possible for these guys to avoid the situation but looking back one of the most unique scenarios i think right facts. in like student politics history and things worked out facts um yeah it's it was it was pretty wild and that was also another one of the things that i think taught me that like you know maybe politics i don't i don't want to <laughs> deal with it you know like i Yo, think there's no. so much of it that is like oh, like i just want to get to the work like i just love executing yeah. and when you have all this other stuff around it it makes it tough but your team came out of it super strong you guys had a killer year and uh looking back man it's a very positive experience right yeah i mean now for anyone listening you know exactly why zamir had to buy me for or or invite me to four Shopify lunches when mm. we still had offices because the trauma, bro, the midnight <laughs> cold sweats I would get for a couple months after that was insane. But now nah, you're right, man. All's well that ends well. All right, so Zamir, we're, we're at our final segment, kind of like the farewell of the conversation. Thanks for coming on, man. This has been a dope, it's been a dope chat. Um, for anyone listening, you can listen, you can follow listen at listen clips on Instagram. Uh, you can also download the app on the app store. Um, but life lessons is essentially where we can share a lesson or you can share a lesson uh, either that you've kind of picked up as we've chatted today or something that you've learned uh, in your entire life's journey that you think will impact someone who's listening to the show today. I was a little back and forth on this. I wasn't necessarily sure like which one I think was the most appropriate for the episode. And then, then it kind of just came to me and I'm like, yeah, it's got to be it, right? So... I was really lucky and I am really lucky to work with like incredible people at Shopify. Um, one of those incredible women, her name is Carla Wright. She, she was like the go-to person whenever things went wrong, right? Like she would manage all of our most 
crazy relationships, like the gym sharks of the world, the biggest flash sellers mm-hmm. on the world. When people had problems, they'd go to Carla. And there was something that she said that to this day is kind of like how I like to live a portion of my professional life. And that is, you should never be afraid to run into the fire. Um, and I, and it's, it's so interesting because I think people like, you know, they try to avoid discomfort, but she was advo- actively advocating for experiencing it in a way that you don't really hear. But when you think about it and when you do it, you realize like that discomfort is where the most amount of growth really comes, right? So with her, so much of your success in life is based on your ability to, to solve problems. And the best way to do that is to, to get those reps in. And no one's going to blame you if you don't know the right way to go about doing something on your first, second, third try. If they do, like, honestly, those aren't people you want around anyway. But mm. when you aren't afraid of handling those tough situations, just getting in there, like putting in the work, trying to figure out how to make something right, something that's really uncomfortable for a ton of people, then that's where I think you're going to really realize that true leadership forms and also is what's going to help you really be successful later on with, you know, inevitably things come up that you didn't anticipate or that you didn't necessarily want to be the case, but you had to deal with them anyway. Um, And also like watching how people handle and think about situations with uncertainty is going to help sharpen those skills for you as well. I think for me, looking at listen, like we've had this a couple of times, the one that probably pops into my head the first is um, everything that went on with Apple when we were first trying to get our app published. We were like publishing our app and then we get like this email saying like rejected, you can't go forward with this idea, you're stealing people's work. And it was like one email that just blasted us. Mm. It was like, holy Mm. smokes, like we actually might not even be able to go forward with this if they take this stance. Like you're not going to be able to change Apple's mind. Um, And maybe we like overlooked this the entire time. And we could have at that time, like kind of like pivoted and gone, try to do something else. But it was like all hands on deck, like run into this. Let's see what we can do to make this Mm. work. And in the span of 36 hours, it was like, you know, messaging everyone that we knew that was like an expert in copyright law and all of that other stuff, like reaching out to anyone that we knew and like our networks within platforms like LinkedIn and just bringing everyone together and recognizing that this friggin' sucks. But if we really just try to see if we get through this together, then we'll be able to handle it and we'll be able to come out of it a lot stronger. And that was, that story had a happy ending. Not all of them always do, but I think the point is right. also that it doesn't matter, right? Like it don't, not things always have to go super well at the end. You're going to just learn from dealing with the bullshit. And um, mm. that's something that I really appreciate. And I, I, I hold tightly now whenever I'm thinking about how to operate and how to go through some of these scenarios. Damn, bro. That's a bar. You should never be afraid to run into the fire. Um, someone got to get that tattered across their chest because that's just a, a very powerful way to kind of wrap up and consolidate this conversation. Um, and I love that that Apple story. It's it's so insane because I remember reading your LinkedIn post where you were like, here's a scoop. Like we've been working on this idea for two years. We're finally ready to put on the App Store and Apple's basically just like, no, you're copying a bunch of ideas. Um, it was like, you have to gain consent from like every single creator, which would take an eternity, literally. Um, and then, yeah, you guys just kind of took that head on and, and you're, you're right. like. The learning of that story and I think the learning of a couple of stories that we've talked about today is really that um, a fire is really just there to test you to see uh, what you're made of. And sometimes you're able to put it out and sometimes um, it might consume you, but you walk away from that always being better than before it happened. So, man, Zamira, this has been dope. Thanks so much for, for coming on the show. Uh, appreciate you, man, as a friend, as a brother. 
Uh, thanks for dropping some knowledge. And um, if you want to plug anything right now, man, the floor is yours. Go for it. Oh, I appreciate that. Uh, like you mentioned, we're everywhere on social at Listen Clips, and that's we're startup, so it's spelled incorrectly. That's L I S N Clips. Um, if you are interested in podcasting, if you're a creator, if you're a listener, if you think about this space, you can always please, please, please hit me up as well. Love having conversations around um, the future of content creation and podcasting. You can get me on socials at Zamir Masjedi. But yeah, David, this has been an incredible conversation. Thank you so much for having me, and look forward to listening to the rest of your show, your seasons, watching where this uh, show of yours goes as well because uh, you you got a knack for this kind of stuff, man. And uh, I think you're going to crush it as things go forward. Yes, sir. I appreciate you. Um, And as always, at Life IQ Podcast on Instagram, stay tuned for more content uh, and more episodes as we wrap up season one. Uh, Peace and love.